Welcome to Inspire Campfire, a podcast where ordinary people tell their stories of extraordinary adventure. These are campfire stories meant to inspire the rest of us to light the fire within, get outside, follow our dreams, and return to tell our own stories. Ready? Let's strike the match. Welcome, welcome. I am so excited today because we're going to be talking to somebody who is truly living the dream. Here with me on the podcast today is Andrew Underwood, who's with Wilderness Ministry Institute. Andrew's been fortunate to find his calling through combining his passions for spirituality and the outdoors. The mission of Wilderness Ministry Institute is to provide opportunities for youth around the world to experience Christian teachings through transforming wilderness experiences. Andrew has a dream job. He travels the world extensively, uh, teaching leaders the skills they need to introduce young people to the wilderness. He currently calls Johnson City, Tennessee his home, where he lives with his wife, their dog, and their 15-month-old baby boy. And he's got some amazing stories to share. I can't wait to get started. Andrew, welcome to the campfire. Thank you so much for having me, man. Also, I love the introduction. That was fantastic. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> Super fun. Uh, the voiceover is a, is a fellow adventurer indeed. Um, ho- hope to have him on the podcast at some point as well. So, Andrew, you and I actually met recently at a Knowles Outdoor Le- Leadership Training class. And uh, I was immediately drawn to your stories, to what you do. And uh, just kind of scanning through your Instagram page, like it's just, you're just living the dream. I mean, it's just shot after shot of these just beautiful, awe-inspiring like landscapes. It's just like, wow. And uh, so you're somebody that gets to spend your, your, your job, your vocation in the wilderness. And um, yeah, if we could just get started, I'd love to just hear like a little bit more for the listeners, like what it is you do and where you do it. Yeah. Thanks so much. Again, thanks for having me and excited to share about that. You're right. I, I do get to spend a lot of my time uh, outside. And uh, I think growing up, I never wanted a, a job that I sit behind a desk. It just didn't ever appeal to me. Uh, so uh, I do a lot more of that now than I maybe I'd like to. But I, I do get a chance to to travel a lot of places and uh, see a lot of really beautiful spaces. And uh, yeah, you did a really good job of introducing our organization. I think um yeah, we're, we're Wilderness Ministry Institute. It's a, a division of a, a larger organization called Nexus International, and we essentially like train and equip um, uh, youth ministry leaders around the world um, uh, for Christian uh, ministry service. And uh, we just feel like the wilderness is a really valuable tool to give away. And so I get a chance to um, to equip leaders in a lot of different contexts all over the world to use the powerful tool of wilderness to impact the lives of young people. And I just couldn't think of a better way to spend my time. And I, I really, uh, you're right. I, I, I do think I, I'm getting to do my dream job and I'm excited about that and, and, and blessed to have the opportunity. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. I mean, you know, I, I was in youth group when I was a kid and we did like outdoor adventures. We probably did a couple of camping trips here and there, like all in the U S and all like, you know, within, 30, maybe 30 minutes, maybe an hour of wherever our church was. Mm -hmm. Um, I grew up in Connecticut. Um, But, but we're talking about like leaders around the world that you're, that you're dealing with is this isn't, this isn't just local, you know, United States um, youth groups, you know, where are some of the places that you've been and, 
and uh, some of the communities you've served? Yeah, I think uh, our organization as, as a whole, we're, we're working in some 60 different countries. And I haven't been to all 60 of them. Um, me personally, I've, d- I've done work uh, in, in a couple of places in South America, uh, predominantly Ecuador. I've been there quite a few times. Um, I've done a lot of work in China, um, in Western China, in the Tibetan area. Um, I've done work in Romania. Uh, uh, my boss and I are actually meeting with a couple, not there yet, but we're uh, Zooming with a couple on uh, Thursday who um, is on the island of Mauritius out in the Indian Ocean past wow. Madagascar. Uh, so that's um, a new yeah, one. We, we, yeah, I know. <laughs> I actually had to look it up. Uh, I'd never. That's I'd uh, never heard of it before. To be honest, I felt like I was right. a well-traveled tell, person. Tell it for me and for the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> okay, uh, let me let me look this up here because I am having to. Uh, so it's M A U R I T I U S, and it's about a thousand kilometers off the coast of Madagascar, out in the Indian Ocean, a small island nation out there. And uh, yeah, it looks incredible. And uh, this couple uh, wants to start um, uh, an environmental education uh, program to impact young people. And I'm just thrilled to have a chat with them on Thursday and get to know them a little bit better. Um, so I think, yeah, we're just having little new things pop up all the time, different places. So yeah, it's exciting. Amazing. Yeah. So, so, I mean, a typical, a typical, um, uh, excursion for you, like you're going to the Island of Mauritius, um, or maybe, and then you've got some of these. So when, so when you go to these places, what, what happens while you're there? Yeah. Great question. Um, I think maybe one of the things that maybe sets our organization apart. And again, this, this isn't to say that anyone else is doing you know, if they're doing something different that it's wrong, it's just, this is kind of, kind of what makes us tick is that we are highly invested in the leaders themselves, meaning they're, you know, the way that they're living their life um, or how are they in their marriage, for example, are they healthy? Um, You know, they have good rhythms in their life to make them sustainable in the work that they do. And we spend a lot of time developing that relationship. So um, maybe if we, we head out to Mauritius, we might go out with this couple, uh, see where they live, their community, get to know them. And we may spend several years developing that relationship before we really get involved in in the day-to-day work that they do. And that might sound really inefficient and slow, but what that ends up doing is providing a just a really powerful platform for us to do some really incredible work together. And um, I, I think it creates a, a more sustainable approach to the work that they do for a longer period of time. And so, yeah, we might get out in the wilderness with them before we ever help them take anybody else out. And I think that's a, um, we did that recently with a group of, of leaders out in Northern California, actually. We just spent time with them out in the wilderness space, free of all the distractions of our busy lives and just getting to know each other uh, and figuring out in ways that we can invest in one another um, is primarily what we're going to spend the most of our time doing. Um, and then once we get to that place where they're ready for the tools that we give, then we're then we'll do that. So we'll get, we'll give them the skills and the tools they need to do their job. Well, that's really incredible. So this is, so really, this is like intimate relationship building with these folks who will are then going to turn around and take what they've learned and, and teach others and teach the the young people that, that they serve in their communities. Yeah. You nailed it, oh, man. I mean, it, it, it really is. And I, you know, I told you, I think on the phone the other day, um, I was in a, a spiritual mastermind group and our spiritual leader 
said to us at one point, I'm a very philosophical person and I love talking. I love talking about this stuff. But he said at one point, would you rather talk about what it would like, what it would be like to experience the kingdom of heaven or experience it directly? And I got to say, like what you're doing, it just to me, it feels like experiencing the kingdom of heaven t- directly. I mean, that's, it's, it's just really incredible, man. So so um, how did you get into this work? I think we probably need three, four, five more podcasts to flesh it all out, of course, but I'll just kind of hit the highlights, you know, uh, and I'll save all the uh, juicy details for, you know, a beer and a fire or something yeah. <laughs> at some other point. Uh, but uh, I, I do think it's really important um, that your listeners know like my a little bit of my story. I think I've gotten a lot more comfortable talking about it now, but I, I grew up in a, a really difficult home situation and um, an abusive father and um, you know, it's one of those situations my mom kind of took my brother and I out of the house in the middle of the night kind of thing, lived with my grandparents uh, for the majority of my youth. And uh, they had this enormous thing of woods behind their house. I mean, it just mm-hmm. went on for miles. And um, I just found some refuge there as a young person. And it just seemed to make a lot of sense for me. Uh, out there, there was a creek that ran through and wow. uh, I actually took my wife there uh I think it was last year to the spot that I used to go into wow. a lot. And I just remember it being a lot more epic as a kid, you know, and then, um, you know, as an adult, I was like, Oh, this is a lot smaller than I remember, but it just was really impactful for me to have this kind of space that was, I felt safe and I felt at home and I felt like, you know, what little control that I had over the environment, you know, wasn't a big deal, but, uh, I would, you know, dam up the Creek and do all that kind of stuff. But I think as I, uh, realized that there were some more av- like different avenues to take that into. I got into like Boy Scouts and my stepdad, yep. my mom remarried, my stepdad introduced me to Boy Scouts that I could get more involved in that sort of thing and learn how to camp and learn how to go backpacking. And I just remember developing so many great friendships and, and just having a blast. And, you know, I also got to experience, you know, a lot of my own spiritual growth, like happening in that space. And mm-hmm. I just, I, I think like, it's just been a really, um, impactful, informative part of my life. And, you know, as I kind of grew in my leadership abilities with that, I just realized it was something I really wanted to give away to others. And I really wanted, you know, leaders and, you know, young people to have that experience or that tool so that maybe they could, you know, share in that journey um, that, yeah. I, that I got to experience. And so uh, I found out that Appalachian State University, which is just like 45 minutes over the mountain uh, yeah. from here, uh, had an experiential education degree that you could get. And I was Amazing. like, what? that's insane. Uh, and so, yeah, I was just hell bent on doing that, uh, when I found out about that. And so, yeah, I think I've just said, okay, well, what do I need? What kind of skills and tools do I need to be, you know, at a level where I could give this away? And so that's just what has given me the motivation and the energy, um, to passionately pursue this job that I have. Yeah. Andrew, like, seriously, it's, it's really, truly amazing. Like I know like the, the experiences that we have growing up and through life and, you know, hardships, wh- whatever it might be. I mean, these are the things that make us who we are. And as I'm listening to you, I, I, didn't, I didn't know your whole story before, you know, when we met before and, uh, you know, just hearing you talk about like that feeling of safety that you had in the woods as a kid. And now you're giving that, like, I mean, I can see it, like you're providing that to other kids around the world, like as a passion. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, what that's that's incredible. What what does that feel like? I, I think it feels like a couple of things. Uh, I think one of the really powerful things about the wilderness is that it's really leveling. And what I mean by that is like when it's raining, it's raining on everyone. You know, like, <laughs> it, it just is. You're cold. Everyone's cold. You're tired. Everyone's tired. It's just it's just a really leveling thing. And um, I think that gives people, of course, there's inherent risk, right? When we go out into the wilderness. And I think like the world we live in is so risk adverse that mm-hmm. it's um, a really cool way for people to experience risk in a, in a way that's real. You know, like there's no contrived consequences out in the wilderness. Like if you leave your boots outside your tent, they get soaked. And I didn't make that roll up. It just happens, you know. Right. And so I think like because that's just a real experience and everybody's experiencing that, that it provides like the space of really emotional safety and communal safety. Um, And it's something that has to be worked at. I don't think that, you know, you can play around with that too much, but I, I do believe that it does provide a, a space for, you know, a young person, for example, to experience something that they're not going to, it's going to be really difficult for them to experience that at school, uh, for example, because, you know, uh, maybe they have some food scarcity at home, but not every kid's going to experience that. But out in that wilderness space, everyone's far away from the grocery store. And mm-hmm. I just think that's a really powerful time to have some really great life discussions because, we're all on the same playing field. And, and I know I found that to be, to be true in a world where, you know, I was dominated by everyone's, you know, life is so different than mine. Uh, Being in that kind of shared uh, space was just a really valuable thing. And so I just get, I get really excited about that because I just, it's really difficult to create that type of environment anywhere else. And so, so I feel really excited about that because I just, I, like I said, I just don't think you can manufacture that. Um, no, <laughs> the, the wilderness does not discriminate. So, you said it. Yeah. I mean, we're all, we're, and it's funny because like other people that we've talked to on this podcast have said something similar to that. Like, you know, when you're out on the trail, when you're out in the woods, like it doesn't matter who you are. Like everybody's, right. everybody's out there. It doesn't matter what you do for a living. It doesn't matter. You're just, you're just there. And, uh, but so one thing I think, like, I think a lot of listeners to this podcast um, might be looking at some of these wilderness stories and thinking, you know, oh, that's scary. Oh, that's like, you know, people go out into the wilderness for the adrenaline rush. You got nature going on right there in your backyard. I love it. We got the sounds of the wild happening right there. It's perfect. That's right. <laughs> you know, that, that, I think that, that thing that people think that it's like an adrenaline rush or it's, it's kind of scary or there's like a fear about being out in the wild. Like, what, what am I going to do? I'm not going to be able to protect myself. But yet, like your vision of it is that it provides this safety. Like, where's that, what's that, where's that gap? That's a really interesting question. I think, I think we're kind of looking at maybe two sides of the same coin in a lot of ways. Like the wilderness is a dangerous place. I mean, I just be honest with you. I mean, you don't store your food properly. A bear can give it and come into your tent. You know, uh, that's just a reality. You're really far from medical care. I mean, you, you know, rockfall or avalanche or, you know, it's a, it's a formidable place. But I, I think what's really interesting about that is that I think because we do, I mentioned it before, I think because we do live in a, in a world that's so hyper risk um, adverse that we tend to 
view risk as this really negative yeah. thing. And we avoid it at all costs. You know, I mean, we build up our bank accounts so we don't fear any sort of financial risk. You know, we, we put alarm systems all over our house. I'm not saying that these things are bad. I'm just saying yeah. like we live in a, in a world that's just conditioned for safety. Yeah. And, and I think like we, you know, we live in a, in a world that's, you know, we create all these comforts around us to make us feel safe and, and we don't travel outside of that. Yeah. But I think getting to a place where you can engage in risk in really healthy ways, I think actually creates um, a sense of normalcy that uh, for risk taking that uh, we just lack in our culture, I think is really important. And so I think the bridge to that um, is, is, is having these types of experiences in a controlled manner. I think, you know, you have the right skills and the right tools to go on a backpacking trip. It can be a really uh, safe experience. I also think, you know, risk is, um, is interesting thing uh, because we drive every day and it's so dangerous. You know, it's right. one of the most dangerous things you can do ever. Right. And we don't even think about it. But uh, to go rock climbing, uh, for example, most people, you know, some a lot of people be like, oh, my gosh, like that's, you know, you're an adrenaline right. junkie. And like, I think in the context of like doing it professionally, doing it with the right skills and the right equipment, and the right tools, rock climbing is infinitely uh, safer. You know, I'm putting that in quotation marks because it's not a safe thing to do than driving your car to the grocery store. That's so right. I think that's kind of an interesting interesting dynamic. So I think like we just need to, I think we need to kind of recover some of our risk-taking in our culture and, and allow us, especially young people to experience risk in a, in a healthy way. That's a really good segue. Cause I mean, the comment is essentially, it's like basically the way we've been cultured and the way that we live here. But like, so what's so amazing to me about what you get to do is that you're traveling around doing this sort of universal thing in the wilderness that like, levels the playing field. It normalizes things for everybody. Like you said, we're, we're all the same in the woods, but yet when you go to different cultures, you know, people are different. So I'm curious, but, but at the same time, they're also the same. So I'm curious, like in the work that you do, what are some of the differences that you experience culturally? What are some of the similarities that you've experienced culturally that, you know, I think maybe sometimes people think like where I'm going, like if I'm going to Ecuador, or if I'm going to China, things are going to just be so drastically different, but there's probably also some connection points as well as differences. So I'm mm -hmm. curious about that. Yeah, this is a really, really vast topic. Uh, it's really interesting. And so we definitely don't have a ton of time to get into it, yeah. but I definitely have a few thoughts. I think first and foremost, just doing your cultural homework to know what views there are about wild places. Uh, I think that's just really important. I know some of the places I've worked in South America, for example, have, yeah. it's a very spiritual place. And, and what I mean by spiritual is like, that's a place for, for spirits and that sort of thing. And like humans don't really belong in that space. And, I, and I'm speaking in very broad general strokes about a very specific place that I worked Um and so, you know, confronting that as a challenge in their culture, because that's something that is kind of deeply seated in who they are, uh, you know, as, as a culture and as a people um, and parents sort of like raise their children to view it that way. And so like thinking about like, how, how do you navigate that? You just have to do it in a really thoughtful way. Um, another, another thing that's really kind of ingrained in our mindset when we think about going on a wilderness trip, especially as uh, affluent Western 
white people, uh, I just lay it out there like that, um, that part of the draw for a wilderness experience is sort of a simplicity of life, uh, you know, kind of getting back down to the basic needs of life. And so you think about like, if you take a bunch of at-risk teens off the street who live like that every single day of their life, living in a tent and having scarcity of food uh, is not a draw. That's their everyday experience. Yeah. Um, so like that aspect of it's not going to be uh, transformative. That actually might be a serious barrier for them to coming into that space. And so you think about how many places in the world sort of live and exist like that as their daily, you know, daily way of life, you know, the draw for, you know, communities of people who live, you know, in that kind of space, uh, we have to be a lot more thoughtful and careful about how we approach that. Um, and I know some of the places that we've worked with that, I've just instead of making it like an extended trip, maybe we do, you know, short little half day, one day things uh, where we experiencing good, healthy community, because that's something that they really need and really value. And so being just really thoughtful about how we're going to approach it, because we did the cultural understanding on research. So we kind of know who we're taking and why we're taking them. And we kind of set our goals and our values uh, in that way. And we're just sort of careful about the language that we use and, and how we're, we're going about it. And you just have to do your homework that way uh, when you're doing things cross-culturally. And I mean, that goes without saying here in the States too, like, like I said, I mean, there, there are tons of different reasons why people would be, you know, maybe less, a less transformational for them out in the wilderness than, you know, than you and I, you know, we might really be connected with that, uh, simplicity of life because, you know, we have a lot of material possessions, for example. Um, I'm speaking in that relative terms on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and so I just, I just think we should, that's an interesting thing to me. I, I think the similarities though, I think we all long for a lot of the same things. I think we all deeply long for community. I think we, I think whether we choose to recognize it or not, um, and maybe I'm speaking from my bias a little bit here, but I I do think that we recognize that there's something bigger than ourselves Mm kind of out there in the world. And, you know, for me and my Christian paradigm, you know, I I believe that to be God. And, And I think like when people are experiencing, you know, this man, uh, centered world every single day and then going out into a place that they didn't shape is a big deal. You know, I think 68% of human beings on earth are going to live in cities by 2050. And so I think that's a normal thing for us to just be in a world that's just totally shaped and molded towards our health and our well-being, and to enter into a space that isn't, I think is really kind of eye-opening to something bigger than yourself. And I'm um, I believe that interacting with God in that moment, but um, I know not everyone shares that view, but I just, I think that's a really universal thing. And I, I see that uh, day in and day out um, in my job. So. Well, and I love, I love that you went there. Honestly, I, I've asked a couple of other guests, um, you know, we throw around the word awesome all the time, but the root of that word is awe. And um, I looked it up in the dictionary at one point and Google, Google, defines it, the Google dictionary defines it as a feeling of reverential respect mixed with fear or wonder. Mm. And it's this, so it's this sort of, um, to me, like it's, it's that deep connection that you have when you're out in the Mm -hmm. wilderness Mm -hmm. and you get to live that every day. And I think you've, you've been able to connect that to the spirits, to spirituality. And, you know, I think when, when asked most people, would say about their most recent experience of awe 
would have something to do with some sort of natural experience where they felt connected. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so like, what is it about nature that makes us have that feeling of connection with something bigger? Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I firmly believe that wonder is the gateway to discovery. I think it is, uh, it postures our heart in a humble place that we're ready to receive. And, and I think the wilderness does that because it's so alien. It's a novel environment for most of us. And I think when we go out there, we, we sort of, there's a mystery, you know, to it. That's incredible. And I think sort of mystery draws us in, you know, when you read a good mystery novel, or you're watching yeah. a good mystery movie, you're intrigued. You're, I wonder what happened, you know, yeah. or what's going to happen. And, and I think the natural world tends to do that for us. It's, it's like I said, we're, we're so used to living in a world that's catered to us. And when we enter into a space that isn't like we have to adapt, how, how else can you survive out there? Even the most seasoned wilderness veteran has to bring tools along to adapt from them to that environment because they, it isn't built for us. There aren't roads and grocery stores and that sort of thing. I mean, a trail's the best you got. Yeah. And if you don't, you die. Like, that's just how I, I mean, that, I hate to say it that way, but that's just how it is. And so I think, I think that postures you naturally to wonder. And, and when you're in that space of wonder, I think we we're ready to receive some really powerful things. And, and I think for a lot of people that is, you know, a spiritual connection, maybe they didn't, weren't even looking for. I, I'm, I'm super curious so that, you know, you, you're living this stuff every day. And I know that you've experienced that connection and sort of that transformation personally, but you're also like teaching that to others now. So like, what, what is that like for you to witness that transformation that happens in the people that you're serving? Yeah. I mean, I don't want this to sound paternal in any way because I, I don't see it that way, but it is the best way that I can describe. I mean, it's like, you know, when your kids do something, you taught them, <laughs> you're like, Oh my gosh, you know, that's amazing. Um, you know how to do math now. I like been working forever on this. I, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, I know that like a sort of a proud parent, if you will, to see your kids like grow up and do well in the world. I, you know, I just really believe in what I do. And I think that it's, um, it's going to make a difference in the world. And it just gets me um, up in the morning to see leaders doing it well. And, um, and I, honestly, like, I don't, deserve like <laughs> all the credit on that. I mean, I, I believe there's something, you know, beyond myself that's yeah. really aiding um, people and shaping their heart. Um, I'm just trying to be as faithful and available and teachable as I can and, um, and just be ready and willing to step into people's lives when I can. And I think that's a, it's a really cool thing to watch people grow and mature and give, give themselves away to other people. I think we just need more of that in the world. We need people that have humble hearts that are postured to serve. I think the world would be a heck of a lot better place if we were all like that. And so I'm just doing my little part. It's, it's beautiful, man. I mean, do you want to talk about just for a minute that, that force, that force of God that, that, that puts you in this environment and, and helps you do what you do? I mean, you, you kind of just said it. You, you, you said you're not going to take the credit here. What does that feel like? <laughs> I don't, I don't know how to describe how that, how that feels. I just, I know it's my paradigm. And again, I, I can just say from, you know, from the experience of the world, I know that's not shared by everyone and that's okay. I'm not offended or <laughs> scared of that. I, I, I just know that there's a good God out there and that he loves us and cares for us. And, 
that he's personal and and you can be known you can know him and that is just really exciting to me and yeah i just i think that there's a a great opportunity for for everyone to experience that and and i'm just trying to do you know everything that i can to allow people that opportunity if they if they want it and you know my hope is that they would want it um uh, but I, I think the best that I can do is just sort of start with, you know, me being being shaped in his likeness and the best that I can do to give myself away and, and just be really kind and loving and, and gentle and self-controlled and all those things, um, the better. And just start with the relationship and just see where it goes from there. Uh, it's the best that I can do. It's um, amazing. <laughs> so. Your passion for what you do and you're just your passion about just talking about this stuff, it shines through. And you, those paternal moments that you have, like they got to be, they've got to give you that reassurance that you're on the right path and that you're truly doing what you were called to do. I appreciate that. So I'm curious, like since you first got into this work, you, do you feel like you were a different person when you started than you are now? And how has this work changed you? Yeah, I think maybe when I first started doing it, like I maybe I was a little bit more gung ho about, and this is going to sound a little odd, but more about the kind of skills of wilderness instead of yeah. like the really life on life relationship stuff. I think the the more I've grown, the more I've I've realized that like, need to have more of, you know, what we would call like in our world, the shepherd's heart, you know, I need to, to learn to walk with people and to live with them and, and to do life on life and to really get to know their heart and their dreams and their passions and their fears and their hurts. And like, that's, that's where the real life is. That's where the real work is. And, and I think like when we do that, well, uh, all the other things are just, you know, decorations on top that, can add value, but it, the real meat and potatoes of, of what we do is is that. And so I think I've grown a lot and learning to slow down. The skills can wait, you know, uh, anybody can learn them, you know, it's just, but I think like there's not a lot of people that feel loved and cared for and, and, that, and that's really what matters the most. And so I really just try to spend more time on that and that's, we'll, that's... We're, for figure out the rest later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It's it's incredible work. And uh, but look, like the adventurer in me and and wanting to share this with listeners, I gotta ask, like, what are a couple of the most beautiful places that you've gotten to experience? Oh man, this is like asking your favorite movie. Or, uh, <laughs> such a hard. I didn't ask uh, your question. favorite. But what are, what I are, know. What are, yeah. What give are some give us two or three. Okay, um, there's this really incredible. Uh, desert landscape in in Gansu province in China and uh, you can just search up the rainbow mountains in Gansu and just look it up it's unbelievable yeah it's just all these incredible like uh, mineral layers and it just in the right sunlight it just is all these different like shades of yellow and orange and red and there's just like epic mountain landscape in the desert and uh and that place, I actually saw it rain and evaporate before it hit the ground. And it was just wow. like the weirdest and coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And then honestly, I think like, you know, I want to like pick some international places, but honestly, like Yosemite National Park has to be yeah. like one of the most incredible places ever. Um, that place is my sanctuary. I, I just don't think there's a better cathedral on earth than just walking in, in Yosemite Valley. And um, I've spent a lot of time there. I uh, think about it all the time. 
and uh, I would love to spend more time there. But can I cannot wait to take my son. So man, I, I feel you. We had reservations to camp in Yosemite in summer of 2020 and COVID canceled our plans. So I have yet to get to Yosemite, but you just encouraged me to, to get that plan back on the calendar because I am dying to get there. Yeah, I, it the, does the, not the suck. United States, yeah. I mean, we're talking about the world, but the United States definitely has a lot of beautiful, beautiful country. So, yes, it does. So, so speaking of your son, um, you got a 15 month old at home. Like, how's that, how's that been for you? You travel a lot and uh, yeah. Is he is he going to be a is he going to be a wilderness explorer? <laughs> yeah, I'll do my best. You know, uh, you can you can never force things on on them, I guess. But um, and he's going to be his own person. Uh, I'm going to do my best to foster that the best I can. But of course, I want to share that with him. And you know, I have a little backpack that I can carry him around in, and it's just really fun to go on little hikes with him and watch him try to grab onto all the rhododendron leaves yeah. and uh just point and touch everything he was playing uh naked in a little river the other day and i just like love that you know he just he living the wild as, man life yeah he's as cute as he can be looking through your instagram feed i got all the, all the beautiful landscape photos but plenty of shots of him as well so, yeah yeah, yeah I I'm can a, tell you're a proud dad I'm as you proud should dad be. yeah totally yeah. so um for folks that are listening that maybe want to get out and do some wilderness stuff, but are kind of new to it. And, you know, they're listening to us talk and like, man, yeah, I want to get out and experience some nature. Like what's, what's advice that you have for people to, to kind of start their journey on exploring the wilderness? You know, maybe there's a big misconception that you need a ton of stuff and you need a, like, I don't know, a certification or something like that. I really just encourage people to really get to know the place they live. I mean, there's a, like, even if you live, like, I mean, you're in around Charlotte. I mean, you think, oh, man, it's this big city. Like, there's actually a lot of outdoor stuff to do if you're really looking for it. Yeah. And just go on some day trips, go on some day hikes, um, you know, find some people. There's always local clubs and that sort of thing. Um, I know REI, they typically do, like, some classes that are free of just sort of like an intro to hiking or, you know, camping and that sort of thing. And, like, so I think, like, if you're looking hard enough, you can find a group of people to get together to go. And just start small. That's the best I can give you. I mean, I think we all have to start somewhere. And, um, you know, just remember that even the most professional of athlete probably sucked at that sport at some point in their life. And they had to start small and learn the foundations and, and the, you know, and the fundamentals of the game. And, uh, and this being out in the wilderness is no different. I think you just need to start small, something really approachable, but do your homework, you know, don't, you know, go on a 12 hour day hike and not bring any water or food or, you know, do your homework, know what you need. And uh, you don't need a thousand dollars worth of gear to do that. I mean, you can do that in some tennis shoes, good tennis shoes and, you know, some granola bars from the grocery store and bottle water, you know, and you'd be great. And so I just encourage people to start there. And, and as you want to develop your skills beyond that, like find some good training at a local REI or, you know, find some friends who are more experienced than you and, and go out and be safe and have a good time and try to keep an open mind. I love it. You're getting me all jacked up. It's sun. It's uh, blue outside, and I want to. I want to go for a little a little hike when I get off this call here. All nice. right. So, couple of a couple of fun, quick questions. So, when okay. they make a movie about your life and all of your world travels, who is the actor that's going to play you in that movie? Oh my gosh! So this is where you're like, do I do I go all in? 
all in on this. I, I think Chris Hemsworth is a super handsome dude. Nice. You know, Thor. and uh, <laughs> I love it. I, gosh, I would it. just love if uh, if he would play me. You know what I mean? I can. I don't see know. It. I think he's the best actor on the planet, but that dude's handsome. You know I what I mean? No, I think. That- <laughs> I can see it. Thor. That's it, man. I, I love it. Okay. What's your, yeah. what's your movie going to be called? Oh my gosh. I don't know. I'm, That's, I'm, 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 I'm going to need some time to think about that. I'll probably text you about that later, man. I don't know. You. Listen yeah. to the bird. <laughs> Listen to the birds. There you go. Maybe that might be a great name for my <laughs> the bird. movie. He's, he's Listen to the you. birds. Chris, That's right. Yeah, yeah, we got it. Thor out there <laughs> listening to the birds. I love there it. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Man, uh, you, you truly inspire me. The work that you're doing, I mean, you're living the dream, you're helping people, you're serving people. You know, I just, I can't thank you enough for coming on here. I know you're going to help a lot of people and uh, I know you already are helping a lot of people and I just really, really appreciate your time. I appreciate the fact that, that, that we were put in the same place at the same time together and can now call each other friends. It's a pretty special thing. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, I thank, thank you, you so much. Um, mm-hmm. Also, you know, I know the work that you do, it happens because of donations from people. And I just want to offer the listeners um, an opportunity to help you with your cause. Um, so I believe they can go to wildernessministry.org and you guys have a donate page right there on the on the website. That's right. Um, anything else you want to share about ways people can get involved or people can help? Yeah. Uh, first of all, thank you uh, for having me. Uh, it's been a blast getting to know you, Scott. I just yeah. really appreciate who you are, and I'm excited about this podcast and your journey creating yeah, it. Fun. And uh, super cool. Thank you for having me. And I think, yeah, just check out wildernessministry.org. There's a few times we'll have like courses posted up on there if people want to join. Um, it, right now during COVID, they're a little limited, you know, uh, but we are ha- having them, and you know, they may be in various parts of the world um, if that's where you hail from uh but uh we do have a few here in the states occasionally and so you can check out there um yeah i would always appreciate any of the support you can give us so thanks for sharing about that yeah um i've looked at the website there's a couple of cool looking courses i might i might jump on and take a couple of them myself <laughs> i love learning oh um, yeah there is an online a free online course on there if you're kind of interested in what the heck wilderness ministry is and that sort of thing um it's pretty low stakes, you know, doesn't really cost, it doesn't cost you anything but your time. Well, I hope you've been inspired today as much as I have. I hope Andrew's story has encouraged you to listen to that voice inside that calls you to adventure because we want to hear your story next. If you have a story to tell or need a nudge to create one, please send us an email. And until next time, I want to encourage you to get outside. Thanks for listening. Andrew, thanks for being here. Thank you so much.